Episode of the New York Comedy Club podcast brought to you by Paperhouse Network. I am your host, Nick Angelo, joined by the owners of the club, E. Scott Linder and Emilio Savone. And fellas, I don't know if you just heard that new intro song, but it slaps. Who do we have there? That sounds like the artist from, uh, it was Naughty Boy, once a Naughty Boy, now nice. Uh, Capital of My Heart album that came out 10 years ago. We are celebrating this album. Um, it's one of the funniest things I've ever heard inadvertently. So this is a comedy podcast, so we wanted to talk about it. Emilio, how do you like that song? <laughs> it's a beautiful song. You know, I, uh, I, rec- I, I, did I, rec- well, Scott recorded that uh, 10 years ago for me. That's Emilio singing. That, that is me singing. <laughs> now, I will say this. If you listen to the first track of the album, it's a Sinatra tune. I do a good Sinatra. And after that, it, it just goes kind of downhill. So really, I, mean, I, I went back and listened. Sinatra is good compared to the other tunes. Yeah, so. Sinatra is the best one on the, the album, but you know you got to have the hottest waitress at Denny's too. So, so for New Year's, a, few, a bunch of New Year's when this thing came out, we're at a party in Long Island at my buddy's bar, and they put this on. And the Sinatra was on, and people had it was hilarious. Like people had no idea; they just saw it was, it was a loud bar, right? So you just it wasn't that terrible. No one said anything. And then the next song comes on, and people are kind of like they're starting to kind of dance because I think it was like a high tempo song. But they're all kind of like, "What the fuck is this?" And then by the third song, people are just like booing and like, they're "Like, <laughs> what is this? Turn it off!" Emilio's <laughs> uh, uh, voice is special. Kit. It's special. Emilio's not necessarily musically talented per se. No. And we captured the essence of Emilio singing in this record. It is not available currently in any uh, major way. However, not yet. If you hit me up privately on uh, the the New York Comedy Club Instagram, which is what Nick at New York Comedy Club, yes. Let me know, and I'll send you a link to the Google Drive, and you can enjoy the entire record in its full glory. Yes. Well, it, I, I would like to say it was an engagement. My wife. Loves me to loves it when I embarrass myself. Okay, she always wants me to do karaoke. She got me guitar one time to learn. I'm, as Scott said, not musically inclined, and so I did it as a, an outpour of love for her as an engagement gift. And uh, I made like 200 copies. I gave it out at our engagement party and to some other friends or whatnot. Actually, we made 100 copies, only 100 copies, and uh, Scott found the masters for it. So I found the masters, and it's a gift for everybody. It was, at one point, it was so bad, it reminded me of being at a karaoke bar when the drunk parents make their 13-year-old daughter get up and sing, and she's really bad, but no one wants to make fun of her because that would be mean. But that's what it reminded me of. Just like, this is terrible. I'm going to leave. And Scott, 10 years. It really was 10 years. Yeah, it's been 10 years since you released that, and it's 10-year anniversary. And you're about 100 pounds less now. <laughs> yeah, and I got news. It, 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 I, dude, I think it was released around this time because that New Year's I'm talking about was, uh, was in 2011 because we got married in 2011. I made this in 2010, so it might have been around this time when it got released. Yeah, well, we made it in August, so it probably was. Ah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, it was. August is when we made it. Okay. Well, I, I like how Scott described it as special because it was very special, and this episode is a very special episode as we are talking about specials. 
during this pandemic, there has been a really hard time to kind of, you know, stay alive. And certain comics have used their abilities in our venue and our capabilities and have made some really, really cool projects. And uh, the first one that's going to come out tonight as we record this on a Friday is Michael Costa's special on Comedy Central, where he does three different clubs. And one of those clubs is the New York Comedy Club. And I just want to kind of pick your brains about the the experience of having a comic like someone like Michael Costa, who is on Comedy Central, come into our club and use it as a special and what that just kind of means overall for just the brand in general. I know, Emilio, you have a really good relationship with Michael there. And I remember him pitching the idea to us and what what did you think when he first pitched the idea of doing three clubs as a special well you know well scott engineered it so I, he's gonna have a cool take on like no i didn't on, didn't oh, you didn't engineer no, that one comedy central did oh i thought you engineered it with for that me. that this album actually is the one special that i think i did not that i approved me not engineering ah um because i loved the concept and comedy central was involved and they they did it themselves this is the one oh. i let go ah. Oh, okay. Well, it, well, yeah. Well, it came out amazing. So, um, but yeah, um, yeah. So, Michael, he actually did I it. I don't at, think I did. Did I? I feel. Like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I didn't. I but. feel like you did. But anyway, because uh, you, you, because number you did Yamanikas for Comedy Central, which was an album, and I felt like they already yeah. kind of knew. They already we already worked with Comedy Central a bunch. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure you did, but nonetheless. Um, so Michael, um, so he actually did it at a theater. So Michael's from Michigan, and so he did it at a theater in Michigan, and then he did it at two clubs, the Improv in L.A. and then uh, at our club in New York. So look, when he reached out um, to Amy and I, it was it was awesome. I mean, to have a, a comic like him on such a high-profile show like The Daily Show, and the concept of it was very simply, look, you know, Michael's like, I've, I've I came up in the scene in three different places. I'm from Michigan, so I wanted the focal point to be my hometown at a theater in Detroit. And, you know... The, he's from, from Ann Arbor. He's, yeah, he's from Ann Arbor. Christina, our head waitress, yep. is also from Ann Arbor. Yep, where it doesn't get dark during the summer there until like 10 o'clock, which is weird. But anyway, um, so the whole concept was, you know, the, the focal point of the f- special is going to be at the theater in Detroit. And then he really wanted to kind of highlight... Um, two clubs in two different cities that he came up in that you know are, are considered his his home venues. So um, you know the Improv was that one in L.A. and ours was the one in New York. And it was I mean look it's it's a I mean it's awesome. You know it looks mean? great. I mean we I haven't seen the full thing. Have you? No, I haven't. Just the trailer and uh, it was at Fourth Street. It was at our Fourth Street East Village location. And it's crazy to see the trailer and to see him there performing indoors with a full audience because this was obviously recorded before the pandemic and it's just weird every time i see any kind of scene of, of our club with an audience i'm like none of them are wearing masks <sighs> like there's like 100 people in their small room none of them are wearing masks yeah, no like wonder we got fucking colds in the flu all the time <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how i'm gonna go back yeah that's that's an interesting point but yeah. as for the special itself, yeah, I've only seen the trailer as it does come out tonight. That's December 11th and on Comedy Central. Make sure you're checking it out. It's it's hilarious. Michael's hilarious. He does a really cool show with us, w- w- did with us. Uh, does. does He'll be yeah, back. It's um nice try with Michael Costa. It's weekly, and it's basically he gets really, really 
good comics that are names and they come up on stage and the idea is they're all trying out brand new material and it's incredible. You would think like, well, isn't that just an open mic? But you know, when you're an established comic bombing with new material is still funny and the crowd gets into it. They, they, they kind of buy into the, like, let's go on this journey together. I saw Mike Vecchione do 10 minutes on bed bugs and eight of those minutes were pretty bad, but the two minutes that were hilarious ended up being in the King of Staten Island. If you saw that movie, yep. and it was just like I saw him work out that material the like for the very first time on stage. And it's and if you're a comedy fan, it's so fun to watch a comic try out stuff and get to a point as a finished product. You, you know, it takes a lot of time, a lot of work, a lot of energy, and you have to be able to get on stage and try it out. And Costa is one of the guys who loves that idea, and it's it's just he he's so he's so good. Even when the jokes don't work, they work. If you know what I mean. Well, you know, Michael. Look, Michael on the Nice Try show, he usually closes it out, and he'll do a little more time, obviously, to show. So I think you know he took that show and and, and worked out a lot of the material that we're going to hear on the special, and it's a cool thing, you know. You know, look, someone like a Michael Costa, Comedy Central, a special, I mean, no club's going to turn down the opportunity to have their club showcased on that or, or to be able to work with someone like that on that kind of thing. And, you know, he, he when he, he like asked us and I was like, dude, <laughs> you could just tell us, like, of course we're in, you know what I mean? But like, it was awesome. And like what Scott is saying is to watch the club um, being promoted like it is and to see all the clips and to see people in there. And, you know, I'm also like, I'm excited to watch it tonight to see the whole thing. But as it pertains to the New York comedy club, I'm trying to, I've been watching all the, the reels of it in the, in the, in the promos. And I'm trying to like, in watch, I'm trying to watch it without like, almost like from someone who doesn't know the club. And it's cool to see how it looks. You know what I mean? Like it just, you can't tell that it's a shithole. You can't tell. No. Before <laughs> tree isn't a shithole. You shit can't hole. tell that we painted everything black yeah. so that you couldn't tell. Yeah. Well, it is also we, shot in black and white. I, I noticed that. I assumed that they were is going- Is that just the trailer? I, 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 no, I'm assuming that it's going to be like the New York City gritty- grittiness and they went with black and white. I don't know. Well, I, I think we'll it might just tonight. be the trailer, but maybe. I, maybe. I think, well, he shot it in a, like as a B-roll. So I don't know how much we're actually going to be in it or the club is. But Are we just in the trailer? Is, <laughs> it, uh, is that what's happening right Maybe. now? That's well, whatever. You... I'll take it. But yeah. uh, but it's awesome. And, and again, it's the first. I think it's the first time our club um, under me and Scott's ownership is going to be on like that kind of national platform. And we've been on other stuff. but um, And we've been in documentaries and other shows and whatnot. But I don't think we've been. I mean, this is a pretty big deal. This is a Comedy Central special on a Friday night. But uh, you know? question: When is it out tonight, and do you have to purchase it, or is it just like available online? No, it's on. It's, it's on, on their, Comedy Central. Yeah, it's on their TV. eleven p.m. tonight. Eleven Com- p.m. Yep. Oh my god! Well, watch, it, watch it tomorrow morning. Actually, I might watch it because sometimes I'm up at eleven. Well, now. that's that's. It's funny you said that's kind of one of the issues with Comedy Central specials, though. Is and I think that's why a lot of people are preferring the streaming stuff. Is that Comedy Central? They just kind of put it up on a Friday night. 11 p.m. and that's that but what they're going to do with his is i in the next uh it's going to air tonight and then after a few weeks they're going to put it on their streaming platforms so that's what they did with like paul verzi and verzi ended up getting like millions and millions of streams so it's a little bit of a hybrid it has like a little bit of a netflix feel to it in terms of you will be able to consume it and watch it more but it's just going to be after a few weeks but it's not it's not available unless you have comedy central unless you have comedy central yeah okay because i don't have tv provider is it on like roku 
I mean, I'll give you my password. You can watch. Actually, I, I always try your password, but I can never remember. If I'll it has give you my capital. my Spectrum password, and you can go online at Spectrum. I already have it. Why don't you, you Why don't you give us all your? We're all, <laughs> I, we're all listening already, here. It's one of four passwords, but uh, you know, when you're typing it in Heroku, it's so slow, it's annoying that I try one and then I'm like, "Fucking, yeah. I'm out." Well, Scott, let me ask you a question about the engineering and the the behind the scenes. Emilio kind of already alluded to it. When you're working with someone like a Comedy Central, you know, you have a very certain way of doing things, and you are very talented. I don't want to over over give you give you too many compliments, but you are very talented. A lot of comics come to us because of your ability here in the studio. And as an engineer and a producer, you get great sound quality, but you do things the way you do things. You don't really compromise what you do, which is great. So when companies like comedy central or any other big network or anything that wants to come in and do things, how frustrating is it for you? Or does it seem seamless to kind of let them just do whatever? Well, um, again, I can't remember if I recorded this one or not. So that tells you how many fucking comedy albums we've done. I'm pretty sure that Comedy Central did this one. And, and what I did was just gave them the feed. But that's also, they had to come in and touch your stuff, which is something you can't stand <sighs> when I, that happens. If, 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 if I'm correct, this is the one where I just set up all the wires for them ahead of time and i just gave them the wires they plugged it into their gear and it was and it was ready to go um but yeah i certainly have a certain way i like to do things and yes it is annoying i don't like other companies and other engineers or anything like that to come into the club and do recordings typically we have a pretty much uh set rule that i'm going to be doing all the albums and we've done over i think over 50 albums at this point probably at, more probably more at each one of these clubs and what i find is when a lot of these people come in if they want to try to do the recordings themselves they always overcomplicate it so i keep it very simple i keep it very simple you have the stage mic you have two audience mics that's it k-i-s-s keep it simple stupid great well, advice like hurts my hurts one of the my one of the most time. frequent questions we get is you know um they want a lav mic, which is a clip-on mic that you put on, um, as well as the as the um, the stage mic. And I never allow it. Well, well why? Well, first off, because, why would someone want that? And then, second off, why do you? Poo-poo because they it? say they say, "Oh, let's put a lav mic on there just in case." And I go, "Just in case what? That I'm not able to do my job." You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like like a backup. You don't mic. need a just in case. I am your just in case. That's like just saying, well, why, also, don't, why don't you just hold what two I want, microphones? Because one of the biggest things I think about getting and recording a comedy album is making sure that it is as natural an environment for the comedian as possible. How many comics on a nightly basis put a lav mic on yeah. when they go to perform? Having that clip-on mic on them and having their battery pack on yep. their baby, that is going to fuck them up. It's going to make them feel as though they're recording a special, and they're not going to be as natural as they normally would. So what's would. the purpose then of a laugh mic? Like, why would... Why? A laugh mic is, is, a, is just a clip-on mic that they would record as well as the stage mic. So it's like a backup. Yeah, they're like, just in case something happens with the stage mic, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, but you, what you're not understanding is you're, make, you're making the environment uncomfortable for the comedian, yeah. which is going to make them feel weird and in turn not have a great set and not have a great special. That's like So when they come in and they put, one of my biggest pet peeves is they put lights all over the fucking place. They put neon lights. They have all these lights and all this shit. And, and then I'm like, guys, this is not the comedy club. 
not to mention most of the time they're audio albums. Most of the time they're they're audio albums. They're not Comedy Central specials with, with video. They're albums that are going to be released on Spotify and iTunes and be played on Sirius Radio. So the lighting and all that is just for the promo uh, trailer of the of the of the album. But the album itself should be the comic in their natural environment and we are just simply capturing that otherwise you're not going to get the performance that you want yeah. so it drives me fucking crazy when we have video teams and we have all these guys coming in and go hey how about this and this and should i put this over here i'm like shut the fuck up and just let me do my just go away go away and i will send you the files and they'll be better than what you expected which, okay. which which honestly like if i'm on like a network send that's comforting i, I want to know that the person who's going to record it has that kind of kind of mentality and approach but also if you're a comic and you choose to do your album or special or whatever at a comedy club especially one like ours which is you know pretty rugged and raw and, and it's pretty simple right there's nothing there's no real it's not a fancy place you're doing it because you are comfortable in that environment and you want to be set up um, for success because you feel comfortable there. So to Scott's point, when you do all this stuff, you are making that environment different. For the, It, it kind of almost defeats the purpose of why they wanted to do it with us in the first place. Right? Exactly. And, you're, and, and what I think people do uh, in a lot of productions, what you forget about is the actual artist, the actual comedian, and how does that make them feel? You're worried about what the shot looks like. And, and if you don't have a good performance, you don't have a good shot. So worry about the performance, yeah. especially when it comes to comedy, because because you, it's it's not like you're in a recording studio where you can try this a million times. Um, you know, you're you've got one shot at this. You know, maybe there's two shows, but you know, the, the bottom line is like it's a lot of effort. It's a lot of time put in to try to to capture one good performance. And you're going to fuck that up by putting a bunch of fucking weird green, yellow, all this shit lights. The yeah. comic can't even see the audience. You know what I mean? So, yes. And, and yeah, I mean, I guess I wouldn't be an engineer if I'm not grumpy, annoyed, angry, and don't like talking to people. And, love, and loves knobs, but, you know, that's for another podcast. But that, of course, is when we have specials being filmed or recorded at the club pre-pandemic as michael costas was filmed pre-pandemic but during the pandemic i want to and nick real quick costas was filmed literally like a month before the pandemic yeah it was late january yeah it was like the january 17th it was so the last big thing we had six weeks before and then but so switching gears is during the pandemic some comics have found it in themselves to pivot and Take what the hand was dealt to them and make a special. And one of those comics is one of our favorites. That's Eric Newman. His new special is 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 out right now. It's a it's an album that he recorded on the rooftop. As as many of you know, we have been doing shows on top of roofs as the as we're not allowed to do shows indoors. And Eric has a he he's fantastic. We work with Eric a lot of times before, but his album is recorded on top of a roof and well scott i want to i want to pick your brain about the difference between recording something outside let alone just on top of a new york city rooftop well uh, i want to mention too we are going to mention nico white just came out with another special which was recorded here in the recording studio which is a very special thing yeah we're, we're gonna get to that i know we're gonna get to it and i also want to bring up brendan sagalo we're gonna get to that too okay i'm just making sure you know thanks because for, thanks for uh, making me do my because we're, mer- we're we're bringing up eric newman first and recording a special was a lot of fun the special is really great it turned out great the video looks really cool um but the first person to do a rooftop album was Brendan Sagalow. And Sagalow had come to us and um, 
presented us an album that he had thrown together of stuff that he'd recorded on his phone. Um, and it sounded quite horrible. Um, and I did my best to touch it up. The, the material was great, and he was, and it was really funny, but it wasn't at a professional quality yeah. in the sense of, like, this is going to be your first album, and you're releasing it from multiple clubs. Scott had a meltdown. I had a, a pretty big meltdown, and I was like, look, give me the fucking files. Let me help. Let me help. And I tried fixing it up, and there was no fixing it up. And we said, look, dude, why don't you just record an album on the roof? And he was like, hmm, I don't know, guys. And we're like, fuck it, dude. Like, this is the sign of the time. Like, it is what it is. And so he was like, all right, let's do it. And we ended up doing recording two of his shows um, the same night. And it was awesome. Um, and same for Eric Newman. It was fun. It was cool. It was different. And I think it was uh, somewhat important, you know, to continue to do what we do um, in just a different model. And yeah, how many albums have been recorded during a global pandemic on a rooftop yeah. you know and we also had two that we were going to do as well but then uh, a lot of the restrictions and weather a lot of things kind of played into it so erickson brendan was kind of in that kind of that month when the numbers September. yeah when the numbers were really low there wasn't a lot of restrictions and we were really doing great with the rooftops you know and then after that things came back so they had a small window where this was able to be possible so it's really capturing a moment in time which is really cool about records is that you're capturing a moment in time in comedy and you know if you listen to these records you hear new york city in the background we're in a small rooftop with an audience of 32 people and you hear the cars going by, you hear the wind, you hear helicopters, you hear, you know, uh, just everything, you well, know. That's what I wanted to ask you. As uh, Brendan's isn't out yet. Eric's is out now. But I remember being here in the studio with you as you were putting together Brendan's album. And there was a part where you could literally hear the echo of the buildings. And it was at fir like first... My first inclination was like, oh, you got to get rid of that. That's terrible. You can't have that echo. And you were like, no, that's... That's what this that is that paints that picture so well that we're on top of a rooftop in New York City and it's like it was like the Batman signal and you were like I'm keeping this and I How love it. How can you it. get rid of that? Like you can hear Sagalo and and I think in Newman too you could hear but even more so in Sagalo's record, you can hear the 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 slapback of his voice off of the buildings. Well, that's that's kind of like the clink of the glasses when we do it in in the club, right? You want to you want to hear that stuff because that brings you into the environment. You know, if you're listening to it. Yeah, but now you're hearing echoes and helicopters. Yeah. But but it's also really interesting because you're hearing echoes of an empty city. Like at that time, you know, the city at nighttime at ten o'clock is empty. There's there was there's nobody on the streets. It's a ghost town at that and you, time. And you hear that. I mean, I know still, still, I know. But I'm saying like at that time of the night, yeah. Well, especially how, Scott, how important is it? Obviously, when you're listening to a comedy album, you want to hear the crowd laughing. You know, when you hear other people laughing, that's your cue to laugh. But how important is it to get a microphone in a room full of people laughing and then have to try to mimic that in front of 20 people on a rooftop? Well, the whole point is that we're not mimicking anything. We're just capturing what is happening. You know, and I think that's the most important thing. A lot of people want to add fake laughs. They want to, you know, it's like, that's not what we're doing here. What we're doing and what my job is to do is to capture what happened, what is happening on that roof. I'm capturing it and representing it, right? So there's 32 people on the roof laughing. So I'll put up a couple of mics. You're going to get the 32 people laughing. Does it sound like uh, Madison Square Garden? No, but it's not Madison Square Garden. It's a small roof. 
You know what I mean? So there's no point in hiding what it actually is because the material is funny. There are people laughing, and there you go. Yeah, both I, albums are really listen, great. I agree with you. Our the, the New York Comedy Club is not like an NFL stadium. I I've <laughs> said that before. That's a little inside joke, but um, Emilio, what what very, was your very funny? Name. <laughs> what was your what was your take when you know Sagalo came to us was like, hey, look, I have a. I have an album recorded on my iPhone, and it was Scott was like, "This is terrible." I mean, it was like, literally like a scene in the movie when the little kid comes in for the wedding and his ties all out of out of place, and Scott's like, "Just come here, I'll do it for you. Come here, come here." I mean, what do you what do you think when people are trying to do it themselves, and you know, <laughs> funny. you have a guy like Scott that can capture it, whether it's in a club or on top of a roof. Well, you know, I that's Scott's world, so I trust Scott implicitly with all that stuff. So when when Saglo came to I think he went to Scott with it first, obviously, to touch up the sound. And Scott sent it to me to listen to it. And, you know, again, this is Scott's lane, you know, so Scott will hear certain things that maybe I don't. Like, you know, I was like, look, it's not I'm like it's not terrible, you know. I'm like, yeah, this this part maybe isn't great and maybe that is better, but you know, sure, Sags, you want to release it, release it. And and Scott was the one who was adamant about not releasing it the way Brendan wanted to. So then it that's when the discussions really turned into let's do it on the roof. And I, we give Brendan a lot of credit because, you know, look, Newman had already done an album. You know, this is technically, I and mean, this is this is Eric's second one. And, you know, we're, we're talking about a comic in Brendan who is still regarded as kind of an up-and-coming comic, a younger comic, but he's a killer. And he's someone that we know intimately well from, you know, when he was interning at the New York Comedy Club before we even took over the club. So this is a big deal for him to to um, to want to record an album and for him to make his very first one on the rooftop and to trust us and to trust Scott and to trust me and to trust the team and Amy and everyone that there's going to be a crowd and that there aren't going to be any hiccups and that, you know, I mean, look, he put a lot of investment into it as well you know a big shout out to mike lavlin who's known as the homeless pimp he were, he did the video for it. he did all the the um all the you know the uh the film stuff for it and he also did nico's and you know homeless pimp does a lot of stuff for a lot of comics right now he's kind of the go-to guy with that sort of stuff and so you know his, it, his work is phenomenal it's great he did mike cannons he's you know working with nate bargatze he's doing stuff with chrissy d i mean he, you know the homeless pimp is someone that we do a lot of stuff with and and he did a great job of capturing that environment on film. Scott did what he did in terms of capturing it on audio. But there's a lot of trust there. And for someone like a Brendan who has not done an album yet, who who was doing this independently, which um, now it, it, it he actually a label, a big label has picked it up, and they're going to be you know they're going to be releasing it for him. You know, for him to go ahead and do that shows a lot of balls. You know, and and you know. And there were so many things that could have went wrong. For anyone who's done shows in our roof, you know, right next door to us is another roof that is throwing, like, illegal parties. I mean, they're, like, basically doing DJ stuff out there. I mean, anything could have went wrong. Like, there could have been a party out there. So the the amount of preparation that goes into it, the fact that, you know, Scott is there setting up sound, the fact that the homeless pimp is there setting up the camera, to, to, to even make sure that we can get a crowd 
of you know 32 people back-to-back shows. And the rain. And the rain. So many things could have went wrong. Not just the waitress dropping the tray. There's Not, a lot more when you're outside. Yeah, and that so, was a throwback uh, to Rachel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, uh, you know, there was no Ozzy go, you know, <laughs> going in and telling everyone to be quiet. All right, everyone, please be quiet. Uh, that's a whole other thing. Uh, so you know, you know, so it, we love these kind of projects where you're kind of walking a tightrope. I think it's cool. I think that's why doing stuff at comedy clubs is better than a studio because anything can happen and you kind of have to roll with what happens and try to make it work. So, you know, again, for Brendan, his first album, the fact that it went so freaking well, it looked so awesome that the sound came out so great. And now it's going to be with a label. It's going to get played on Sirius and all the different platforms. Um, you know, he started that. And then what do you think happens after that? You know, um, other comics hear about it and then they want to do it. So, you know, you take Eric, for example, you know, anyone who knows Eric Newman uh, knows, you know, he, he is uh, neurotic. Know, he can be a bit neurotic, um, delightfully neurotic. You it's, know? Only, it's only annoying if you dislike it. We love you, Eric. Yeah, Eric's I love Eric. But, I don't uh, like him that much. But look, Eric did his <laughs> Eric did his first album at the comic strip. You know, he did it with 800 Pound Gorilla and I was there for the recording and it came out awesome and he did a great job with it. And that's a club that holds 200 plus people. You know, and the strip I know is a place where he started out, and that's where we started. That's out. where we started out. So you know, so the fact that he followed it up, you know, a lot of times people they'll do their album and then they follow up their next one with a special that's going to be at a theater. It's going to be at a big. You know, they want to go bigger and better and better. Eric went sideways with it, and he he went a totally different route. You know, he he went outdoors, thirty people. So again, trust. You know, someone like an Eric who is neurotic, he put that trust into us. And and again, shout out to Dan Hershon, who is the one who recorded or filmed his, which came out great. Um, I love, I love, trust is a very important thing for us, uh, for me, especially when working with comics. I typically get frustrated whenever a comic doesn't trust a vision. Um, and the fact that these guys trusted our vision and we trusted their vision and it came out the way it did is, is awesome. Yeah, I, I absolutely love the fact that Eric and Brendan both did that on top of the roof. I can't wait. Uh, Eric, like I said, Eric's is out, so make sure you're checking that out. And Brendan's is coming out soon. And I just I just love the fact that these guys didn't let a pandemic stop them. The, you know, I know the word of the pandemic has been pivot, but they really did. It's like whatever. I mean, in fact, I think Sagalow's album is called, uh, what, like, now, now's a better time than never, or something, something on the lines of that. And it, it's just like, yeah, I'm just going to do it. I don't care. We're all locked in. I'm going to do. I'm going to do the album as is. But I also think that they didn't rush it either, because you know, they like you said, Brendan is what is known as a, a younger comic. And I just think that a lot of younger comics, if you're listening to this, that you have to know when you're ready to do an album and not just rush it because there is an opportunity to do it on the rooftop but also as a younger comic you need to learn a lot of things and one of the best ways to learn things is check out fellow paperhouse network show the commissioner of comedy with james Mattern. but don't take my word for it take it away commish hey babies it is me the self-appointed commissioner of comedy james Mattern. 
I just want to tell you that every week I'll be wherever you listen to podcasts with my show, The Commissioner of Comedy. I've been doing this, babies, for almost 20 years, grinding up and down, and I'm here to convey it to you about the do's and don'ts of the comedy scene, the proper etiquette, the unwritten rules, if you will. Whether you're just a fan, or you're a young buck starting out, a grizzled old vet, or just someone who wants to peek behind the curtain and see how the sausage gets made, tune into the podcast, The Commissioner of Comedy. This is what it's about. It's only on Paper House Network, and it's for you, babies. It's for you. I was just very inspired. I have an idea. Dude, that is the sickest promo. Do you know- James is the- Dude, You James, know he wrote the music for that. Yeah, yeah. That promo was fucking amazing. Dude, I, I've some, heard he, it before, but for some reason, it yeah, just like, he, did something. Yeah, I he, guess whoever wrote that should probably get a- Yeah, Nick wrote the words for that. Nick, Nick. Nick the boxer, Nick? Uh, and the music, Me, though. Nick hey, So James, James Mattern has this very unique style of music, which is just intoxicating. It just gets you. <laughs> What if we Scott take standing up. this guy? Oh Jesus! Uh, what's your Naughty, Naughty Boy. Boys? Naughty Boy Entertainment. Naughty, Naughty Boy. Boy Entertainment, and put him on a James Mattern track. Wow! I, and we filmed that as the fourth episode of our show. Oh shit! Oh Jesus! I, what about that? I I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm in it to win it on that one. Emilio we, 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 and James, call him up. Call him right now. Let's I, make it happen. I, first of all, I love James Mattern. I'm so happy to uh, work with him, and he. I don't want to get too much into it because I'm not really at liberty to talk about, but he, speaking of specials and recording and filming things, has a lot of things in the works that I'm really excited about, so stay tuned for that, folks. James Mattern is going to be hitting you with the 2021, and uh, I can't I can't wait for that. But James, let me say, James is someone who has been fucking active. He has been out there. He's been working. He's been doing a lot of stuff, so uh, big, big applause, big ups to, to Mattern for... Uh, for not letting this shit get him down. Yeah, he's uh, and the podcast is great. It absolutely is great. It's it's a must listen if you are a young up and coming comic, but it's also really entertaining if you're just a fan, and it's motivating too. Yeah. So it's you know you need a little pick me up and listen to the Commissioner of Comedy right here on Paperhouse Network. But staying with the theme of specials, we're getting off the roof and now we're coming right here to pinch recording. Nico White just released Dark Out, which once again was filmed by Mike Lavin, the homeless pimp. It it's gorgeous looking and then just the idea was so unique and different and i remember him coming in and pitching this idea to you guys and you both looked at each other and like yeah absolutely and you guys have producer credit on the special it's on youtube once again it's called dark out nico white and i just want to kind of pick your brains and go back to the day he kind of pitched that idea to you and what was your initial thought scott i'll start with you well First of all, I think it's just so interesting to see how creatives um, get creative, right? Like artists have such unique ways of of expressing themselves, and regardless of what's going on, uh, if there's a pandemic, there's not a whatever the case may be. If you are creative, you have to be creative, and you're going to continue to make art regardless of the situation. And I think that's what's going on here with Nico, and he made a special that. Of, of nothing like I've ever seen, particularly in comedy. He came to her, to the studio and he had a vision of just having a black background behind him and him just talking and him doing a full hour set of comedy in the recording studio. And I was like, oh, well, what about an audience and all that kind of stuff? And he's like, no audience, just me, no audience. And I think it's it makes sense because of the pandemic, you can't have an audience. And 
it becomes this sort of, um, and this is out now, so you can go and watch it on YouTube. Um, it becomes this sort of spoken word, this sort of statement on what's happening right now rather than comedy. I mean, there's, it's obviously funny, but you can kind of settle into it and then just, just realize, you know, this is just one human's uh, perspective on what we're all going through. And again, it's a stamp. It's a moment in time, you know, and, yeah. and, and you got to leave it to artists and comedians, especially to make a statement on what we're dealing with. And I was honored to have him here. You yeah. Know? I want to, and Nico was like, you know, for anyone who's seen the last dance, it was like Jordan when Jordan broke his leg or broke his foot. Remember? And he was out for a year. And when he came back, he was like, don't hold me back. Like he was just he was like a man on a mission. It was almost like a caged animal, like being released into the wild. I mean, Scott, you remember Nico was doing, he did like five, six, seven hours. He was just. It was crazy. So <laughs> like we were talking about on the roofs before, we were saying, you know, on on a comedy special, you only get one shot at it, right? You all this planning, you only, you know, years of coming up with material and you get one shot this one night. With this, it was different. And it was very different because normally it's like you go in, you record it and you're done. Here, Nico did it a bunch of times so he did like you said it was like four to six hours of him doing this um so shout out again to homeless pimp for having to edit through all that i'm so glad that i had nothing to do with that i just bounced it and sent it to him and he took care of everything from there but yeah i mean nico was able to come in and he did an hour right and then he took a break and then he did it again and took a break and then he did it again and we kept kind of changing the mood and changing the scene and it was in and, and, and the last one we ended up is the one that we ended up using um because originally like there was the studio in the background and and but then we just put the black curtain uh which was nico's original um idea and he really just got into it and we have this old vintage microphone it's in 1950 uh 1959 we call it the sinatra mic the, the sinatra mic the neumann u47 um which is classically known as the mic that sinatra used it's a tube microphone and this is a vintage classic tube mic which you would never use on a comedy stage so it's nice to take that mic out of his hand you know, put that mic up and have him um, perform to the mic in a way. You know, it was like him and the mic. Now, yeah. why why is that a mic that would never be used for comedy on a stage? Well, because oh, it's because it because it you won't you won't hold it. You can oh you can't ever hold it, that. It mic. hangs. It hangs like the the old Madison Square Gardens uh, that drop from yeah because the they're 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 really expensive. They have tubes in the inside. It's not the type of mic that you can hold and move around on the stage. It, it like has floats in there. It has to be mounted and it doesn't move. Yeah, know? and when Nico did it, I mean, I, I don't, I think he shot it early September. So this was at a time when no one was really getting up. Like you know, I think now there's been enough park shows and outside shows and whatever indoor stuff outside the city where comics can get up and, and work. But I, I just remember being like, again, watching Nico it was like watching an athlete who was coming off of like an injury or, or some kind of hiatus. And he was just running like he even in his body, you can see he was physical. He was like stretching. He really was like an athlete who had been like out of uh, like injured for like a year or just like couldn't play. And he comes in here and he's just he's just as free as can be. He's physical. He's in his body. And, and he's you know, backlogged. And and what's he's backlogged. And what's really cool was, you know, he didn't put it out for any other reason than he felt that it was necessary for him to kind of speak about what was going on, not just for himself, but for everybody. And, you know, I got a text message. I got a text message from, uh, and look, this is what you want as a comic. I mean, 
this is this is why you do what you do. I think as a comedian, are you is, bringing this up just so that you can check your text? No, no. Aaron, <laughs> so Aaron Berg, this is I get a text from Aaron Berg uh, the morning after Nico's uh, Nico releases a special. He goes, Nico's special is amazing. It was moving as fuck. Called him last night. He's an important voice, better than Chappelle's stuff. I mean, you know, that's awesome. And, and Aaron Berg is you a didn't killer. tell me that. Um, sorry, Scott. He's like, Emilio, when did you learn how to record? You did such a great job. <laughs> um, well, you know, we were in, it was in a conversation about Lang City, but anyway, um, and that's what you want. So I shared that with Nico and Nico was like, yeah, he called me last night. You know what I mean? That's, that's awesome. You well, know, I want to, I want to talk about that because what Nico did was it's so impressive. And I don't think people who've seen it quite understand the, the, once again, this word pivot. He came into a studio with no audience, okay? You got to you got to know that Nico is the type of comic that gets on stage, he's he's higher energy, he's you know, he's up there, he's having a good time, he's telling hilarious jokes that he's written in front of an audience and he's having fun with the audience. Like he is one of the comics who is so in the moment when he's on stage and he he's so good at that. He's been doing it for years and it's really what kind of has given him the name that he has earned for himself. And so for him to completely go out of that element, come into a studio in front of a microphone in a room by yourself and just, you can't, you can't do what he normally has done. And he didn't, he did something different. He changed everything up. It it was, it was real. It was real. It was truthful. And it was him talking and it happened to be funny. You know, I mean, you it, have, wasn't, you it wasn't. It wasn't funny with real life intertwined. It was reversed. It was real life, and he talked about the pandemic. He talked about social injustice. He talked about real life shit that's going on in this world, and he he was very truthful, very honest, and it wasn't ha ha hilarious the entire time. But he sprinkled in enough humor to be able to to shed light on the darkness that is and that's why it's called dark out and i think he deserves so much credit for the ability to completely change his his element because he had to just have the the foresight to to see that this was going to work when you know i think most of the people's reactions were like really no audience you know like like is that going to work and none of us really knew yeah they've done things it's been like kind of funny shows or they've done it as like a gag on Comedy Central and stuff where comics go into a sound recording and they just do their material with no audience, but there is an audience watching them. And it's just them doing their stand-up bit with no audience. And it's it's cringeworthy because it's kind of like, ugh. And you can see the comic knowing when the laughs usually come, and it's just them on repeat, and they're not a lot. They look like a robot. And it's just kind of like, oh, this is just not fun to watch. The live element of stand-up comedy is so important, and I think obviously we know that now we're trying to do shows on top of roofs and just the fact that we haven't been able to do so is making a lot of people realize man do i miss live entertainment but then watching how nico had to change up his entire style just to be able to pull it off with no with no audience i think it just makes it even more apparent that man do we miss live entertainment well listen what also took balls for nico is let's remember man like that's a lot of that's all new material i think most of it it's all new material it's all COVID stuff it's not like he had opportunities to go and warm up or practice in, in a lot of places i mean again we just started our roof stuff i think uh in like late july early august so and you know there aren't there weren't really a lot of other clubs doing stuff 
right? So where was he practicing this stuff? Where yeah. was he testing it out? In his apartment? I don't know. So he comes in here for literally, I mean, I remember I left. I was here. I left at like 7.30, 8 o'clock. Scott's texting me at like midnight. We're still here. You know what I mean? Like, so <laughs> to have the confidence and the balls and the yeah. courage to come in here and talk about the stuff that you do. And it's funny, man. Like, it's fucking funny. Like, I saw that. It, it's, I was laughing. Like, he's hitting the pacing of it. And, you know, he's hitting everything. And it's, it's almost like in his mind, he's hearing the laughter because he's landing the jokes and he's letting the audience laugh, even though he's not hearing the laughter. So even as I'm laughing while I'm watching this, I'm not, he's not running on my laughs. You know what I mean? His jokes aren't running over my laugh. So it's, it's almost like he, like in some way was imagining the laughters after the jokes and his pace and timing. It's a really unique thing and it's really, really great. And it's, and it's one of those things where you get excited because like, like Nico was, we were just texting earlier and he, you know, and he was, um, and I was like, dude, like, what do you want us? To, what, what do you want us to do with this? Like, I feel like we have to do something with this. Like, do we put it on people's radars? Do you want us to, cause he, he asked us to, um, send it to someone. So I was like, just let me, let us know who else you want us to send it to, because this is too good for people not to know this exists. You know what I mean? Um, so, and listen, you know, I, I don't know if we're going off the topic or not, but there's also other comics that should, should be applauded too who've done some cool stuff that you know we it wasn't through us but like sam morell sam just posted or just released a, an album on different rooftops that he'd been doing and i know sam was working out a lot of the material with us as well or at our at our roofs so he did something really cool so people should go check out sam morell's you know i think there's comics like mark norman doing a lot of real cool stuff um there's a lot of people out there that are are, are, are being really really creative we just so happen to be very fortunate to be intimately involved with Eric's and Brendan's and Nico's. And uh, even though, even though Costa's was pre pandemic, um, still, uh, still, it takes a lot to, for it to be released now. You know what I mean? Because think about it Costa's special tonight is really going to be one of the few new things that you watch that isn't going to be talking about COVID. Yeah. That isn't going to be talking about, I mean, it is really before all this happened. Just funny stuff. And, you know, in some way, I mean, you know, his, his billboards plastered everywhere. You're right. You see it on, 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 in the subway. You I, see I love on, how this has become an Instagram game too. Is take your picture with, yeah. it's like finding Waldo all over, all over New York, find a picture of Costas billboard and post it on Instagram. But it's listen, again, it takes a lot of bravery for, I mean, I, look, I don't know what the discussions were with comedy central, right? I know it was supposed to be released in the summer. They pushed it back. But for someone like Michael, which is a big deal, it's his first full-length special on Comedy Central. Um, you know, I think a lot of people might say, "Oh, let's push it back even more when the world really comes back, so I can get you know, so people can have more access to seeing the billboard or the whatever." But for him to do this now, you know, and and for for him to just push through and say, "Fuck it," like we're going to do it right now, and and I think it's cool that he's doing it. You know, that it's being released at a time when maybe not as many people will see your face on, you know, Hollywood Boulevard or whatever. Yeah. Also his dog, Walter just celebrated a birthday. So happy yeah. birthday, Walter. How old is Walter? He, he looks like he's up there, but mm. I, I don't know. I, I love that dog. He, last time we had Costa on the podcast, he brought Walter and he was just digging in, into the couch in the, in the old room. I wonder if Walter's on the special. He always brings Walter. Gotta up be. On, yeah. Gotta be. Well, I mean, look, there's a, we've done so many recordings and, you know, if you actually, if you listen to Sirius XM and you go to Raw Dog, a lot of those are uh, were recorded at our club. Um, 
and also on Spotify. I think didn't you make a, a playlist of um, all comedy? We should do a comedy uh, episode for uh, Pinch, by the way. But anyway, um, it's, it's, no, it's in the works. Um, what was the playlist you made? If you type in New York Comedy Club or something like that, yeah, there is a, a playlist I put together that it, it needs, probably needs to be updated. It needs updated, but. but it's all the albums that were recorded at the club, and it's uh, it, it's great. It's a great listen. Uh, there's a lot of really, really good stuff. I'll tell you what, if, if we're going to kind of talk about it, I think Mike Feeney's Rage Against the Routine is one of the funnier albums I've heard from top to bottom in a very long time that he recorded at the club, and it's just it's just so good. It's just so funny, and I, so I, and I, think, and I think that's an important thing that we kind of just, all, the, all these artists now are just forced to constantly make content and content and content, and it's just like, all right, what's next, what's next, what's next, what's next? And Feeney and Sagalo are pumping out hilarious material on their YouTube channels. Well, uh, Cannon's Cannon. part of that. Yeah, Cannon's yeah, part of that. Yeah, and Mike Cannon, and I just, I think it's important to every once in a while stop and go back and be like, that album is really good. Like let's let's celebrate the really good pieces of work that has have come out. And even with Mike Cannon too, what he filmed at the at the cellar is phenomenal. Well, he did his first album with us. Yeah, but I'm, I just I think it's important to go back and remember some of the things that that were really good. I mean, I mean Schultz produced Giannis's uh, video, the, the the special there at the club, which is is still getting circulated around, and that. That was amazing, and well, that well, and that's a and that's coming from you know some heavy hitters, but just like you know, I know Scott had uh, he he had to help with some of the audio with with that because they wanted such a unique sound of that special, and it was it turned out phenomenal, and I think it's important to remember those things. Yeah, we well, recorded that one. Yeah, do, you, do you know who the first record we ever did was? Nico. That's right. It was Nico White? Well, look, you know, that, look, Nico. You, you could throw Feeney in there and Cannon and Sagalo. I mean, that's that's for us. That's the dream to to be able to have not just do one of their things or one of their specials, but to be involved in a number of it. So you take a guy like Nico. I mean, we've we've recorded um, two of all of Nico's stuff. His first album was with us. His second album was with us. Dark Out was with us. You know, um, Nico um, got Montreal and Just for Laughs from a uh, audition through the club at our club. And I'm not saying this because I'm trying to take any kind of ownership over that. It just just the reality is a lot of great stuff we've been able to do or he's been able to do has come kind of as a collaborative through us. And that's what you want. And the fact that, listen, you take a guy like Nico White, who I think any the three of us will agree, I mean, he's just going to be a star. Yeah. He just is going to be a star. And I think there's a sense of a pride just to be able to – to work with him in a lot in a lot of time totally in a lot of times you know comics or artists rightfully so will say okay i did this with these guys one other time i'm now gonna try it over here look mike mike cannon who we fucking love to death mike did his first one with us and then he did his second one at the cellar i mean that makes sense like i get that like of course like you're gonna kind of shake it up a little bit but but the fact that someone like Aniko is just always coming back into us and saying hey i want to do this with you guys let's try this now let's try that i mean that's that's such a cool, cool thing. Um, and, you know, it's just something, it's, it's a big reason why we get into this stuff. And in terms of Schultz, you know, you know, it, it can't, you got to mention, you can't just gloss over it. You know, I think Andrew is in this thing now where it's become almost like obvious. It's like, well, Schultz is Schultz. No, we still got to celebrate what this guy just did. Yeah. I mean, this fucking guy had a special, uh, he was about to record a stand-up special in L.A., 
where he was only going to do like one night to uh, two recordings. He, had, he kept adding shows because it kept selling out. The pandemic hits. It was going to be in April of 2020. Pandemic hits. That gets shelved. He all of a sudden starts doing these like Instagram, uh, you know, like news stories. Turn your phone. Turn Let your me phone. Show you something. I mean, I don't think it, it cannot be said enough what this dude has done. Like he was rejected in 20 and, and he did his album 444 um, or his special. He did it at four clubs back in 2016. Scott recorded that when it was at our club. He did the seller, us, stand up New York and the comic strip. I mean, no one gave that special a look. No one would buy it. No one would do it. He put it on YouTube himself. I, we personally know what he had to go through that year. And, and now they're coming to him. You know, Netflix came to him. I was talking with him the other night and I was like, what was the process like? How was it working with Netflix? Like, and he was like, look, he's like, my, my, um, my experience with them is probably different. He goes, it was great, but I don't know if my experience was different or unique because they came to me, you know? So there are people out there right now that are creating a lot of good stuff and, and, and it's no different for venues. Like, you know, I think if this thing proves anything it's just that look we all hope to get to the other end of this we all hope to be unscathed as most as we can we all want to get back to a sense of normalcy but i i really do believe that there are people and there are venues that might might look back in 2020 they might i know this sounds weird and they might say you know what maybe some really good shit came out of it i know that sounds terrible to say but i do believe there are some people that might come out and say that and I hope we're one of them. <laughs> I hope we're one of those venues. But uh, but a guy like Andrew Schultz and 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 James Mattern and 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 you know Saglo and Newman, all these guys, I think they're doing that. You know. Yeah, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, as for Nico as well, folks, uh, right here on Paperhouse Network, Nico has a podcast. It's called One Piece of Mind with Nico White, as he gives his. His take on the anime series One Piece, which is one of the most popular things on planet Earth. So if you're into anime, check out One Piece of Mind with Nico White here on Paper House Network. That's about all I got for for the day. I don't know, Scott. You got anything, Amelia? You want to you you want to end with a uh, want to croon us out of here? Well, real quickly, Brendan's album is called Not Now More Than Ever, and it's going to be released through 800 Pound Gorilla on January 21st. And, uh, and a real quick announcement, too. Um, we will be dipping our toes in Tampa, Tampa, Florida. So stay Are you sure tuned. you want to announce that? Because we don't want everybody else to start doing Tampa. Oh, oh actually, if that actually works. <laughs> no, we're, we're actually also starting something in Wuhan. We will be in Wuhan. Oh, that's soon. right. We're going to be in Wuhan. Yeah. And as well as Hong Kong. Uh, Hong yes. Kong and Wuhan. So, you know, it's a great market and for comedy out there. Uh, wink, wink, other clubs. Anyway, uh, this is the beautiful Emilio Savone and his completely in tune vocals that we're listening to. Yet uh, again, hit me up on Instagram if you want a direct link to the entire album. Thanks everybody for listening. What a song! Uh, Can't copy this. We will see you next time. It looks like we're going to be trying to do this twice a month while the pandemic is happening, and hopefully weekly once you know we're back. Shh, open let's, just again. Li- let's just listen. We'll see you next time. You and I.